Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great, great selection of pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there to take care of your vehicle right away and get it done diagnostics, inspections, you name it, they'll get it set for your vehicle. And a sales staff that's not just there for the sale, but to make sure that you have the right car for your future and at a good price, too. And that's why customers keep coming back and back again. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Big black and gold day today here on the show. We got former Steeler Ike Taylor, now with the Believe Podcast Network, joining us today. Of course, Neil Kulong, as he does every Tuesday, will join us. So we'll get into that with him. And have a feeling, you know, Steve and I talked about the NFL schedule release that's going to be coming out on Thursday. We've gotten a glimpse at a couple of games. The two, the week two Monday Night Football doubleheader was announced yesterday. Today we find out the Christmas one of the Christmas games is Broncos and the Rams. And I think all that is fun for me. I know a lot of people think it's crazy and it's overhyped. I have a feeling Neil's going to say the same thing. But, I don't know. I enjoy it. I can't wait for that. But, as I said, as I said yesterday, Thursday night is also Game 6, Sixers Heat. Game 5's tonight, of course. And that will still take precedence. But I'll be closely watching, no doubt about that. But we'll talk to Neil about that and more today. And we got Ike Taylor as well. So, looking forward to that. Also, in the Pittsburgh sports world, the Pens. Whew, 14 goals in the last two games. They have just exploded on the New York Rangers. Louis Deming, too, had a good bounce-back game last night, I thought. Or last, I should say, he's been actually pretty good over, over all these last uh, two games or so. He'll, the way I've kind of seen it with him is, he'll get he'll give you a lot of good saves, but there's once in a while he'll give up a bad goal. And that's kind of what I've seen. That's kind of been the pattern for me from him, to the first four games of the series that he's played, three fully. Of course, he came in in triple overtime. So. But offensively, and really, 
and this was kind of obvious, but the key for the Pens now going forward, as long as Domingue is in there, is, you know, just step up in front of them. Defense, offense, special teams, and they have definitely done that and then some offensively. I mean, it, it has just been a clinic these last two games. And it wasn't the greatest of a regular season for the Pens, and here they are. They're, again, playing well at the right time. What can I say? They're a well-coached team with Mike Sullivan. They've won three Stanley Cups in this century, two under Mike Sullivan for a reason. Crosby's playing exceptionally well once again. Gensel's had a bounce-back postseason. He scored again last night. Latang's playing extremely well. We talked to Bob Grove about that a couple days ago. Malkin's been pretty good. He scored last night, too, to cap things off. Yeah, the Pens are dangerous. They can make another deep run again. As much as, for, you know, from a Flyers fan's perspective, it's nauseating to see. But, hey, I mean, they got to give them credit. They keep it going. As long as they got 87 and 71 there. 87 especially. And sky's the limit. This is how it's been for Pittsburgh. What? What are, you, what, are you, what are you yammering about now? <laughs> oh, the Penguins. How they just have just dominated these last two games. I didn't see it. The Rangers well, have I mean, been awful. Well, the forechecking has been great. That's what's That's been the big difference. You, look, they've played 14 and a half periods here. You know, between the, between the two. Um, because, you know, they had triple overtime in game one. I would say the Penguins have been the better team in 10 of those 14 and a half. You're noticing in the second period of the game that they uh, uh, they had the 4-1 lead and they lost the lead and they, they were tied. Why were they tied? Well, they were tied because, guess what? They got lackadaisical in their forecheck. I mean, really lackadaisical to the point where they acted like they, you know, they had it in the bag. Okay, and then they did something that's very hard to do. When you lose a four-goal lead, they resurrected themselves and won the thing in the third period. Now, two of them were empty netters, so let's be fair here. But they have taken one of the Vezina Trophy finalists and they've knocked them out of the game in each of the last two games. And because they've been attacking and forechecking, they've taken all the pressure off of Louis Domingue. It's not that difficult to play goal when they're down at that end of the ice the entire time. Right? And that's what they've done. It's credit where credit's due. They've done a heck of a job. Uh, Kyle Lowry is out of tonight's uh, game with the Sixers. Yeah, no surprise. So he, I mean, he he wasn't much of a factor. Well, the hamstrings is really bothering him. It's yeah. just a you know, big problem for him at this stage. Uh, Sixers will have, I believe, everybody available tonight. And again, it just comes down to can they, you know, can the the Sixers come up? I mean, they got to win one there. I mean, the Celtics were in that spot last night because the Celtics, look, Milwaukee did what they needed to do. Milwaukee was able to win the opening game in Boston. They they took home court. 
The Celtics had no chance unless they won a game in Milwaukee, and they did last night. They won by 10, and they didn't have Robert Williams last night. Williams did not play in last night's game. So uh, the Celtics got that game done. They won. Warriors didn't shoot well, held off Memphis. They won. And there you go. Then the big story of the day is in our business. Imagine what the staff meeting was like this morning when Sue found out that somebody was making more money in the business than him. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. He's down there at the PAB going, I'm number one. I wouldn't I wouldn't have started my speech that way. And then he found U L E D that spells found And then he found out that Brady got thirty seven and a half million per year for ten years. How about a ten year? Three hundred seventy five million dollar deal once he retires. To be in the the broadcast booth with Kevin Burkhart, because he'll be paired with Kevin Burkhart. Burkhart, by the way, is really, really good. And Burkhart really paid his dues to get to this point. It was a point where he was thinking about giving up broadcasting, and he was selling cars on the weekend. And he stuck with it. Now look where he is. And now he's going to be paired up eventually, not this year, but eventually with Tom Brady. 37 and a half million a year. This this probably makes your blood boil. It doesn't surprise me. It's outrageous, but it doesn't surprise me. And I do think I will be pretty much shocked if this isn't his last year. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it could very well be. <laughs> I mean, you, you what, don't keep what, putting what, that off after you sign that what, contract. What's your incentive to leave? I don't know. I got $37.5 million. $375 million over the next 10 years. I mean, he's got he's going to get more money to broadcast than when, he, than when he played. How about that? Richest contract in sportscasting history. Most amount of an average over Romo and uh, Aikman that they just got in their new deals, and he's making more than Bucket Aikman combined. <laughs> I know. I know. Lachlan Murdoch's the one that put this deal together. Not Rupert. It was Lachlan Murdoch that put it together. Uh, and now look, this can't be... Uh, I don't. This will not be about money. But when when Tom Brady was on a Manny cast, I didn't see it, but supposedly the reviews were he was funny, he was fun, he was self-deprecating while also talking about games. Um, and, I mean, that that's the review from the Manny cast that you read about with him. Just fun. Okay. But imagine what what the value and the worth. Now he's getting 
$375 million over 10 years. Now, obviously, Learfield can't do this. But imagine what the value and worth of, of, of the quality of Jack Ham and Dick Girardi are worth to Penn State fans. Think about that. I mean, what's the value and worth of Jack Ham and Dick Girardi to Penn State fans? Wow. Because they're awesome. They're awesome at the job already. The two best I've heard on radio. The two best I've heard on radio, period. And, I mean, for a Penn State fan, you know, you got to figure, I mean, those guys probably are a slice of gold, the Penn State fans. Think about that. Amazing. But he's going to get $375 million. Ten years. Yikes. Well, imagine uh, if you were on SCTV. You wouldn't get $10 million? No. Mm, yeah, not even close. Well, it's kind of a cut of your employer there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just giving you facts. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Oh. Wow. So. Brady to Fox on lucrative deal after NFL career. Yeah, no kidding. Lucrative. I mean, that's the that's the sports story of the day there. Uh, excited, but a lot of unfinished business on the field with the Buccaneers, Tom Brady. I'll tell you, to, to get... Thirty-seven and a half million. I mean, you would think he's going to have to appear in some of the other Fox shows at some point, right? <laughs> they got to get they got to get full value out of the dude, don't they? Well, part of the deal is apparently he's going to be an ambassador for marketing and stuff for Fox too. Yeah, well, that means you got to be on the air. <laughs> yeah, and go to appearances and everything else. Yeah, you'll be busy. Yeah. Good to be him. I was reading a, an article. I think it was Richard Deich from The Athletic, you know, about the grind of doing this job, you know, with the travel and everything like that. I'm like going, travel? Okay. I do football and basketball. I travel how many months out of the year? I don't see it. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes they make this stuff sound more complicated than it is. Peter J. Holt, the San Antonio Spurs owner, told fans not to worry the team isn't going anywhere. A plan to have the Spurs play a few games in Austin, 80 miles away, had raised local anxiety that the owners may be considering moving the team. Why does everybody want to move? 
goodness sakes. San Antonio's been great to the Spurs. Spurs have been great to San Antonio. Gee whiz. Cares about Austin. All right. But there you go. And your Sixers are playing tonight. I'm just talking about the Brady thing because you're so nervous and you're you're almost a wreck right now. No, I'm excited for tonight. No, you're a wreck. <laughs> I may be a little bit later, but right now yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, you're a total wreck, right? And, and by the way, the Sixers song could be one of the five dumbest musical things I've ever heard. I mean, my goodness. I mean, 94KX, would they ever even bother? Would they even think of playing that song? No. Oh, oh. If you keep that on, I'm walking off the set. <laughs> Seriously, let's take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 10. I mean, really, that's one of the five dumbest musical things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's awful. I mean, you know, it, my understanding is it took them 30 minutes to write that. Did you know that? I did not know that actually. Twenty nine minutes was searching for the pencil and the paper. Here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. You're a nervous wreck. I hate really. <laughs> hey, listen to you. I'm confident though. Oh, I'm confident they're playing tonight. <laughs> no, I'm confident that they are going to win these next two games and win this in six. Have you watched the games in this series? If not, I think they can win in seven. <laughs> Doug wants to know more importantly, Steve, what is the suit worth to Bucknell? <laughs> <laughs> I said buck 95 on a given day. <laughs> Doug thinks if this were the price is right, I'm too high. <laughs> That's fantastic. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sir, you're an absolute wreck about tonight's game. I mean, you're a wreck. <laughs> you're an absolute wreck about the schedule release, which I don't get at all. Oh, Thursday's going to be fun for me. Thursday's oh, going to be a party. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what do you mean the Eagles aren't on Sunday Night Football? They <laughs> <laughs> <It> can't be. <laughs> like, who cares? Right, the suit's a wreck that he's not getting three hundred seventy-five million from Bucknell because they seem to understand market value. All right, so <laughs> oh, you LED that spells out. Oh, yeah, quite the crew here. All right. Oh my goodness, and the Pirates have finally broken through. They put twenty. 28th game of the season before one of their starting pitchers got a win. Really? <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Unbelievable. 28th game, the starting pitcher finally gets a win. Holy mackerel. But they can uh, still be the Reds, which is just amazing. <laughs> right? It's just unreal. Right? And I mean, you're this close to crumbling on the air. 
I mean, how are you going to be around the kids tonight if they fall behind by 10 in the third quarter? Well, they'll be the distraction because I'll be chasing somebody or I'll be... I'll either be the chasing third Luke or I'll be rocking Mark to bed or whatever. They should, they should be in bed at that point. Come on. All right. You would <laughs> think, on. hey, I've always, we try, but they have other ideas. Guess what? Shut the door. All right. <laughs> Believe me, I've been tempted to do so, but... Uh, Just shut the door. <laughs> trust me. I do it, but the wife would I've say otherwise. It. I'm done and go to bed. <laughs> I'm done. It's like, come on. And guess what? They're all thriving. So, <laughs> okay. They're all thriving. See, at least we don't have to worry about bath time tonight. Because that bath time in a 7 o'clock game it just doesn't mix well. We think I read some book on parenting. It's just like, what are you going <laughs> to waste my money on some mumbo-jumbo? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not five, about that either. But We have five of them. Whatever we did, <laughs> it worked. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Just raise your own kids. All right. So, <laughs> okay, I don't need your book. Oh, man. It's self-help. Yeah, I yeah. hear I'll help you out. I'll tell everybody not to buy it. Okay. Let's get to some football here. we got Neil Kulong next half hour. we got Ike Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steeler, on the show today. Yes, Ike Taylor. So, Ike, first of all, welcome. Great to have you on board today. Fellas, how y'all doing? Doing great. How are you? Man, just living the dream. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, all right. So, to me, one of the the places you've got to be able to draft is a position that you played in, uh, and that's playing corner in the National Football League. There are a lot, of, you know, a lot of wideouts get drafted. The rules, as Jack Ham tells me all the time on our broadcast, are tilted toward the offense. You know that, Ike. It's tilted toward the offense. So, tell me, what does it take? to play that spot at corner and tell me what are you looking for in college players that you can sense they have what it takes to play that spot? Ball skills. Right now it's just the adjustment. Like PBUs, PBUs was cool when I played. If I would have caught half of the passes I dropped, <laughs> I for sure would have been in the Hall of Fame. But then again, Coach had me checking the best receivers. So... You know, when you playing the best receivers, you got to understand their relationship between the quarterback is, you know, bar none. That's what it is. It's a barrage, you know. So the pitcher being as Antonio, then being an A.B., and then you got Devontae and Aaron, and now Devontae's over there with Derek Carr. You got all these great raw receivers with the with the quarterback relationship, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. Like, that's what I had to check. So my PB users – was was up there because I had to play man coverage. Like, people don't understand. Like, in Pittsburgh, when Coach LeBeau called the fire zone, fire zone meant man outside. You got that right. Yeah, it was man man outside with the corners. Inside was the zone Mm. coverage part. So, for me, how the game has changed, um, you can't be as as physical as you want to be on the outside when it comes to corner. Now, you stand, you still can get your hands on a receiver, um, but it, you got to finesse it. 
you can't be as as aggressive as we once was. So, okay, how you stop a quarterback from throwing your way as many times as possible? And that's just coming down with the ball. Yeah, you know, so a lot of these great corners who got good ball skills like receivers. That's why you see in this day's draft, the 2022 draft, man. Whether you was getting to the quarterback or whether you was whether you was a corner between Derek Stingley, Stingley and, and, and Sauce Garner, them guys, you know, they're able to lock up and just hold down one side of the field. And between, you know, Sauce and Derek Stingley, you know, we all knew Derek Stingley coming out of LS, LSU, man. Yeah. He kind of he maxed out as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't need to do anything else his sophomore and junior year because what you was looking for between the sophomore and junior – Derek Stingley did that as a freshman. Now, Sauce needed to do that at Cincinnati because he had to keep proving himself over and over again. Now we're talking my turkey. Yep. So you understand exactly what I'm saying. So, I mean, what, 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 what Sauce had, you know, Sauce got the height, the speed. He got the IQ. But what Stingley did, then when you asked, you know, who could have played receiver, they said, don't forget, Ike, man, Derek Stingley probably would have been one of the best mm-hmm. receivers. Right. And shoot, and this is the time where Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase was playing receiver mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So then you see why he goes so high at number three in the 2022 draft. But that's how I look at it, man. You can't be as aggressive um, from the line of scrimmage. You can't be as, as you can't be as handsy. You just can't be. There's there's certain little things. Mate, you can get away with a tug of the jersey for the first like ten yards, but you got to release them after that. Yeah, and, and that's what what I see these good corners doing nowadays. They just got great ball skills. Yeah. So if Revis would have came, Revis could have played in any generation. Yes, he could have. No, no question. Any generation. Yep. You know, so that's that because because of, of his ball skills. Yeah. You know, and they wasn't they they wasn't throwing to Revis as much once he started picking the ball off, and even when they did throw his way, he still found a way to find the ball. Yeah. So that's what these corners got to be now. Great ball skill guys. What does it take to now let's let's flip it inside as today's game continues to keep going in this direction. You see more of it in college where teams are playing a lot of 4-2-5s now. That means the slot corner. What what makes a good slot corner to you beyond the ball skills? Linebacker. Yeah. Just like corner nothing but an extra linebacker. Yeah. So it ain't nothing but a faster linebacker. So your defense is set around your slot corner. So you always have to know where your slot corner is because he's the strength to your defense. Just like to where a tight end is to offense, Yeah. on the strength side, your corner now is that extra linebacker slash your strength guy to that defense. You know, so that's when the, the Shea Townsend comes in. That's when the Will Gaze come in now that yeah. Mike Hilton left Pittsburgh and he went to Cincinnati. Now he's the new guy yeah. in the slot. So you got to be super aggressive, highly intelligent, and able to be more of a run supporter than a coverage guy as well. Yeah, because I mean, you, because if you're going to play that spot, it's usually going to be the receiver. If it's not a tight end, another receiver. That's the guy that's off the line of scrimmage. Which means if you want, you can't press in that spot. It's hard. You can't press in that spot. Corner can press on the outside. It's the hardest position when you talk about a slot corner. Yep. 
it's the hardest position to play on defense. And it's the, the reason why it's the hardest position, because you're covering from inside out. So the field is wider, the field is longer, you have more ground to cover. So your anticipation skills have to be little to none. Damn, they're like a Spider-Man. Yeah. So how do you think the Steelers ended up drafting? How would you how would you look at their draft when you end up seeing all the guys they picked? Usually Pittsburgh don't they don't hit on what they want. They hit on what they need. Yeah. And for this draft, I think they got the best of both worlds. They hit on what they wanted and what they needed. And I think the only reason why this happened was because the the, the first five draft picks were defensive guys. So that kind of created a domino effect. Usually when we talk about the top five, we're talking about wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. I mean, mm-hmm. offensive linemen, quarterbacks. Now that, you know, Pittsburgh got the first quarterback of the first round in the draft, so that, that kind of di- differentiate everything else. But when it came down to how the draft was going, the reason why these, you know, top five guys went on defense, it gave a huge window for the offensive guys, especially the quarterbacks, to get drafted late. So now you're starting to see where where uh, teams are pairing up quarterbacks with college guys. Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts, the Kyler Murrays, um, anybody you play college with, they want the familiarity when it comes down to the quarterback. Yeah, so Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they want the – what's the word I'm looking for? Familiarity. They want the comfort. Yeah, yeah the, the comfort level. Like, yep. who you who you comfortable in throwing to? And like you say, the Joe Burrows, Jamar Chase, the Jalen Hurts, the Devontae. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's a lot of – it's it's a lot of comfort level when it comes down to that. And to be honest with you, it really makes sense because the rules have changed nowadays. <laughs> and the rules don't go in your favor on def- on defense, like they don't. Not at all. They don't. <laughs> Jack and I talk about that all the time. It's like the rules are all about about scoring, and uh, and even on, you know, look at the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey and the and the Rams won. But the long touchdown pass. I mean, Ramsey gets his gets his his his, his face mask, his grilled pulled pulled the play. There's no call there. If, if it had been the other way around, you and I both know it would have been called. I mean, y'all talking my turkey. So now, <laughs> now y'all see how hard it is. Oh, you know, being defensive back in the league. By the way, we still got to come up and make tackles on running backs, tight ends, and receivers. That's right. You know, so it's not just the covering part. And for a defensive back, we're the last line of defense. Right. So if we get beat, it's strike up the band. Yeah. You know, uh, a defensive lineman can mess up. He got a linebacker to back him up. A linebacker can mess up. He got a secondary guy to uh, have his back. A secondary guy technically can't mess up. Yeah. Well, how long did it take for you to be in, in the league? And it may have been right away. It may have been in college. To develop short memory, we're like, okay, the heck with it. I'm going to the next thing. Oh, you got to have a I don't give a what attitude. Exactly. Yep. You you to play corner. Yeah. Just, just period. Yep. You got to be very edgy. And Coach Tomlin used the uh, the terminology gun gunfighters get shot. 
Yeah. And he was talking about the secondary guys. Like, mm-hmm. you shoot, you're going to wind up getting shot as well. Yeah. You just can't get shot as many times as you shoot. Yeah. So that's 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 what kind of always stuck in my head. Then, then having the great Dick LeBeau as your coordinator, <laughs> having a guy named Troy Palomalu. Yeah. Then you have, uh, which he don't get enough credit, Coach Ray Horton. Probably yeah. was was one of the savviest yeah. coaches I've ever been been around. Matter of fact, he played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's just you know you got to finesse now more than anything. It's amazing. Great, hey, great having you on the show. This uh, this is a fun conversation because it opens up an insight for fans, you know, in terms of how you have to think and how you have to live that spot. And we appreciate the fact that, uh, as always, you're so open about it. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, boys. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, fellas. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult, well, I. I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. Dude, it was fun for me to talk to Ike Taylor because he was just so chill. As opposed to the emotional wrecks I talk to here locally all the time. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I was cool, the, man. You, the suit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, the Indianapolis 500 is coming up. He's already a wreck about it. You got the Sixer game tonight. You're a wreck. The schedule release, the two of you are just like you. Like, you do know which teams you're playing, right? Yeah, but it's a matter of when. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I sit there and go, okay. <laughs> There's the order. We're done. No, because, like, for an example, say if you got Green Bay. Now, the Eagles have them at home this year. But say if they were playing them on the road, well, you would want to have that early in the year. You don't want to go there later in the year when it's cold. So these are the kind of things you look for. Excuse me, you play in Philadelphia. <laughs> I know, but there's something about there's something about Lambo at, at you in play the cold in Philadelphia. I know that you play in Philadelphia. You're worried about going to Green Bay where it's cold. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're not okay. Your home games are not at the Riviera. No, I, I get it, but it's it's it just be, the way the whole atmosphere. It's just it becomes a harder place to play in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. later part of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just so like I said, the Eagles play the Packers at home this year. I'm just using that as an example. Well, these are the types of things you look for, like West Coast trip. 
if you have them. How was that, Matt? How does that play into the other games? You know, all this, all this stuff you you're, you you look for. At least on my book, I do. I know you, Mister Forty Five Hartwright over there, doesn't really care, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like wait, wait, if they wait, they show up, you go. <laughs> so I get the heck. You know, every once in a while, I'll you know, for example, uh. Uh, I remember four or five years ago, I complained about this. It was in basketball, where Penn State was playing a game in Central Time on on a Thursday night and had to come back and play again in Central Time on a Saturday, which meant they had to come back and go back. It only happened four times in the Big Ten. Penn State had to do it twice. Well, that's not fair, okay? That's not fair to make somebody do, you're at Wisconsin, now you're going to play at Illinois. Like, what, what are you doing here? Yeah, that's other stuff you can look for. Right. right? But that doesn't happen in the NFL. You play every weekend. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the NFL. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, now teams work around this, of course, because it's the pros, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily a fan of teams having to make, for the East Coast teams, not having to go stay on the, out on the West Coast for two weeks, you know, those types of things. I'm not... A huge fan of. They're they're professionals. You go to Thousand Oaks, you train there for a week, and then you play the next game. What's the deal? <laughs> come on. <laughs> you don't have to go come back and go to class. No, but it but with the pros see, too, it's see, just, it's all about Penn routine. State, sometimes Penn State's it gets Penn State's going to come back. Oh, <laughs> it's all about your routine. Oh, I don't know. Players mention that all the time. Oh, that's because they think too much. Just go play. <laughs> I'm Come not saying on. it's right or wrong. I'm just saying this think, is what it what is. Do you think I sit, what do you think I sit there and all the games I do? Oh, I don't know. I got a basketball game on Thursday. Kind of wrecks my routine. Like, you go do the game. <laughs> Come on, let's go. It's like, you guys think too much. Stop thinking. But bottom line is it's just fun because now everything's set. Now you just count down to the start of the season. That's all. Well, you count down and to training you, camp, and, then the start of the season. And, and you're going to watch this. Well, I at best, I'll either be following extensively on Twitter as I'm watching Sixers beat game six, or I'll have it on the on the computer while I have the game on the TV. Do you want to know how many times over the years I have watched the schedule release. Yeah, yeah, I know. Zipola. Exactly. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Come on. But as I said yesterday, my favorite segment has become now with NFL Network's coverage is they get all the broadcasters together to talk about their schedules and what games. Like like last year, so they have, they'll have Jim Nance and Al Michaels and Joe Buck. They'll all be together. Imagine they're going to do that again. That was fun for me. I'm going to Purdue on September 1st. Correct. No, not good enough for you? <laughs> I'm back home. Then I got to go to Auburn. No? No.